0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus Decanton. As always, I am Austin, and this is Colin. I'm back on Campus Life. Missed last week. Finally, I know, I know. You guys did the whole rankings thing without me, which I was um, very offended by. I'm not going to lie, because I uh, I'm still working through my rankings. I could have really used used your help live, uh, and Matt's help too. Not Felix. I mean, what. Well, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you and Matt. Um, I, I thought it was a good show. I, I enjoyed listening to it and uh, you. disagreed with everything you said. But uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. yeah, just out of principle, I have to. I think I, I think right. that was in my contract when I I signed here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you grew up the contracts, so
0: you're oh, a, you're, you're a resident you lawyer. Say that part, yeah, I did. I drew the contracts.
1: <laughs> you like drew that. up the contracts and put it in there. So that's a little bit of you're you're, you're burying the lead a little bit.
0: I'm I'm a sneaky guy. I'm a sneaky guy. I did do that. Um, yeah, it is rankings month here at C2C, guys. Not officially or anything, um, but that's kind of what we've really been spending a lot of time doing. Um, tracking, well, uh, both tracking movement, portal, and draft declarations, and then you know, kind of adjusting the rankings uh, in relation to those things. So you'll notice some some new items on the website if you go on there, Campus to Canton dot com we have uh both a uh a tracker for who is declared for the draft eligibility tracker there and then we also have uh transfer portal uh and as far as i know it, it's pretty up to date i can't imagine you know maybe some really low low names on there that just we we probably didn't find like they were important enough that they're on there and then the one that maybe hasn't been updated yet but probably will be by the time you listen to this to, or you Tyron know in a smith. day or tomorrow when it when at least is Tyron smith uh, I don't have Kai Robichau updated yet either. But Damn I actually, it, call yeah. Kai Robichau. Where is he Where is he going? Western Kentucky running back for anybody? Cool. Yeah, Boston College. Oh, Boston College. Okay, so there yeah. we go.
1: Yeah, I didn't put him on the list originally. So there's some guys that I don't put on there until we see where their landing spot is because these guys are like fringe. Uh, and then if they go somewhere that's mildly intriguing, I'll be like, all right, I'll throw them on there. Who were you to, to make that call, Colin? Uh, the person who puts the sheet together and maintains it. If you oh. have a concern with the player on the sheet, uh, you are more than welcome to help maintain that. Perfect, because okay. it is about uh, hundred and seventy players deep. I think that's pretty deep. Yeah, I mean
0: we, we've and had some considerable fantasy movement. relevant yeah. guys yeah. too. Yes. So yes, yeah, yeah. Just just think, we only are tracking the skill guys and guys yeah. that are probably going to be important oh. for C two students. I'm sorry, I lied. It's uh, two hundred over two hundred players deep. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, go go ahead, guys, if you're just looking to see um, new landing spots for players uh, or if you've lost track, you know, did this guy declare for the draft? Because I I always forget. We were talking yesterday. Jarek Broussard is a guy that I missed his draft declaration Mm -hmm. apparently running back there from Michigan State, formerly of Colorado. uh, He declared for the draft. So uh, that's a a guy that hopped in, uh, and I'm sure there there are others that I've missed as well. Dante Wright to Temple was another one that I missed. Uh, I knew he entered but didn't know that he – had found a home there. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, we were talking about that before the show, but I think that's a an interesting landing spot there with Kurt Warner's son uh, playing wide receiver there. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, check both those things out. And we are working on the rankings, guys. We have given a pretty hard deadline for everybody at the site uh, to have their rankings updated by uh, uh, the February 1st, essentially by the end of the month. Yeah. I know for the CFF guys, it's a little more difficult just because there's... You know, not so much information at this point yet, um, but that uh, rankings will really, really, really take shape here in the next you know week or so. So if you're looking for rankings, if you're looking to start making some tough decisions, uh, some trades, uh, start planning out uh, what your drafts are going to look like if you're doing a startup, uh, all those things will, will have all that information for you uh, starting there on February 1st. So um, yep. and we are even- working on it.
1: Yeah, and even the ones that, like, like I have mine overhauled, like we talked about last week there, but I'm still tweaking players and stuff um, as we go. Because as we were talking pre-show here, there's a guy that I noticed that I didn't have ranked at all there, and I'm absolutely floored as to how I missed this player.
0: I f- uh, quite frankly, I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, you should be. That's okay. Um, I'm sure he'll be on there by the time this episode releases, so I won't. Uh, it will be, because he's on there now. I just uh, added him. There we go. There we go. Um, so yeah, I mean that we are you know the, the cycle of the year, you know now that this is our third calendar year that we're getting into, I think we have the ebb and flow of the off season down pretty well. Uh, you know the season just ended in, in in December and we've got to track commitments and recruiting and national signing day and all the transfers and, and draft declarations. Um, and, and now I think all those players are kind of onto the, the places that they need to be our draft NFL draft team is looking at, uh, you know, rookies from a, from a purely a draft perspective and a fantasy perspective. You know, the, the CFF team is starting to figure out depth charts already, uh, get that all prepped. Uh, the recruiting team is working on the guide. I can tell you right now, I spent this weekend, I wrote about 15 profiles up for the, for the, I know I was really, really working, um. Cruise My wife in. was not happy, but you know, I, I you gotta, gotta get <laughs> these priorities. things done. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Uh, I put her in front of the TV. I turned real housewives on. She was good to go. So, oh, there you go. Um, that's nice. I, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so we're kind of figuring all those things out here. Um, and then once March comes around, we'll really be picked back up here. I mean, that's, yeah. we released the guide there, the, the freshman supplemental guide for those that aren't familiar. It is a guide. Uh, last year was 200 pages, I believe. This year will be a little bit longer. At least that's that's the plan. That's what it's looking like right now. Um, uh, of how you should be drafting in your freshman supplemental drafts for those that that have C two C leagues that are already, you know, at least a year into it. So uh, that'll be out. It has uh, both freshmen and players that are low that aren't really rostered much on fan tracks, and maybe somebody transferred out or transferred in, and all of a sudden became a little bit more valuable. So all that will be happening uh there in march and then we really with spring practices and stuff that's really the ramp up and it doesn't really slow down again until christmas really honestly it really really doesn't
1: yeah we we get we can kind of get a little bit of a
0: not a lull but like a slow down in like june once we get the CFF guide out the door, yeah, which which will be, yeah. you know, June, July, June, somewhere July. around there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah then there is where, you know, we're writing, we're, we're prepping for the season, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. nothing uh, like Im- immediately that needs done. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's just, you know, for those that, you know, we are trying to make sure that we are keeping new listeners in the loop. I know we, we've picked right. up quite a few listeners uh, since this time last year, since even you know, the summertime. So they, they might not have been here. Uh, for these parts of the cycle so um, yeah check out everything that we have over at campuscanton.com all the different podcasts YouTube channel uh, all of it I think um, we have some new stuff planned um, so I think we're, we're bringing back all the good stuff that people liked we do listen to to feedback um so yeah I mean I think that that'll be that'll be our year um real quick Colin, before we hop into the what i want to talk about tonight uh did you cook tonight by any chance i don't believe we've done cooking with (laughs) colin yet here in 2023 uh for those that don't know colin has a checkered past with cooking and Mm -hmm. with his his overall palate so to speak so uh occasionally i will ask colin uh what he's been cooking up lately and usually it's chicken nuggets or something of that ilk. Uh, you have been mm-hmm. adding green things onto the, yeah. the menu here the slowly, past few months. Slowly. So that's, that's mm-hmm. big. That's big. Did you cook tonight?
1: Uh, I did not. So you no. picked like the worst. You picked like the worst time to actually ask me this. Um, Becca was at a uh, a purse bingo uh, thing. And so I just I ran out, got some groceries. And then on, on my way back, I picked up some Taco Bell. <laughs>
0: what would you get from Taco
1: Bell at least? Uh, I got a quesadilla, chicken quesadilla, uh, and it comes with the taco, and then I also added on a Doritos Locos taco. Nice.
0: Yeah. I I was secretly hoping that you were going to be like, yeah, I just did. I got a, I got a beefy five-layer burrito. I got a (laughs) a contrap Supreme. I got one of those boxes that comes with 12 tacos or 10 or whatever it is. I got, I got, uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of hoping that you would give me a nice list of things (laughs) that you got there. Nope. I did get a Baja Blast.
1: Anytime I go to Taco Bell, I always get the Baja Blast. You know how
0: bad soda is for you, Colin? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't drink soda very often at all. Like, if I drink soda more than if I drink more than one thing of soda a week, it's like a lot That's of soda for me that week.
0: Still a lot
1: of soda. No, like I'm talking like one drink of soda, like one 20 yes. ounce bottle of soda. Like if I drink more than one of that a week, but you you average one a week, Colin. Maybe. I don't know. If I drink more than one a week, it's a lot. I don't know. But I don't drink soda very often. We don't buy soda. Uh, I don't have soda at the office. I'm much more likely to drink a Red Bull um, (laughs) or (laughs) or a monster. One of those. What
0: are you doing? Do you? (laughs) Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not sure. I'm not your mom. I don't need to chastise you. Um,
1: I drink the low sugar ones.
0: But oh, that, that that makes it so much better than low yeah. sugar like uh, energy drinks.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like uh, I'll get I'll drink like the Red
1: Bull low sugar or my favorite ones are and the only reason I drink the Red Bull ones is because that's what our office has, uh, and they're that they're a dollar in there, so. Um, but the my favorite ones if I'm gonna drink an energy drink are usually the uh, zero sugar monsters, the white can one.
0: I don't know favorite. what you're talking. I have. I've never drank just a pure energy drink ever in my entire life. Really? And I would be very happy to go to the grave mm-hmm. con- with that that streak still intact. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't huh. drink uh, energy drinks. The only time I've had any Red Bull is in an alcohol trash beverage. can. And it's been probably, no, I've, no, I've never <laughs> had like a tr- It's been probably seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. The last time I remember when I did it like three times, and the the last time I just laid in bed all night, and I could just feel my heart like I was like, I can't do this ever again. <laughs> like feel like my chest is going to explode um no that's oh my god
1: no fair enough i i one of the ones i do like actually and it's more expensive and i just i don't usually like buy them all that often but i like the celsius
0: ones again i i hope the uh, listener i hope you know what he's talking about i have (laughs) no idea what you're talking about at all is this a brand is this just like yeah it's
1: a brand uh, they're like they're supposed to be like healthier for you or whatever like a little more natural (laughs) yeah (laughs) low
0: sugar it's all natural like yeah there's nothing in nature that wires you like that so uh, i hate to break it to you but i think they're a lot
1: adrenaline adrenaline wires you like that if i
0: could drink adrenaline i would I can come over to your house every day and hit you in the chest with a big old thing of it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I have no qualms about stabbing you with, an, you know, an adrenaline pen or whatever they're called. Um, as I'm sure epi, you know. Epi pen. Is it, is it epi, that one that also has, like, just pure adrenaline?
1: No, it's epinephrine, which is, like, a type of – it's, like, a branch off of the adrenaline family. Okay. Which sounds super scientific, but – I did. Yeah. Huh,
0: look at you um okay so you didn't cook anything tonight no i did not uh, i'll have to i'll, I'll ask you again a different. yeah
1: time. yeah ask me ask me another night my meals plan the planned meals this week so we meal prep at the beginning of every week um my planned meal uh this week is just burgers Um, gonna do some sliced honey carrots with that uh and then was there something else i was gonna have with that pierogies maybe
0: I think that's what it was. it was, it was a potato, fucking <laughs> Oh man, uh, I forgot that I have to be careful what I ask you with this stuff because you're the way you eat is just so foreign to me. <laughs> like, just legitimately, I I can't figure it out. Um, all right. Uh, well anyway. this podcast? this podcast (laughs) is part of the fantasy points media group a ton of really good podcasts over there guys you can check them all out in one place at fantasy points live you can check out their weekly friday drops that recap the week in the fantasy points media group um so colin this is what i have planned for tonight and i'm ashamed to say this live on air that people will actually hear. And, and I'm going to clip this. And clip, yes. This is dangerous. Colin, I need your help. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. After all the stick I've given you over the years, mm-hmm. for me to come to you and ask for help um, is, is – I, 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 I'm lowering myself did... to that, that spot. This is a low point in my life, but I, I am I am fully... – And where did
1: that bring you? Right back to me.
0: It's uh it's not a good feeling, but I, I need your help. You okay. did your whole rankings update. Mm-hmm. You worked through it like Matt was your therapist and vice versa on last week's show. I need that same therapy from you here tonight. I need you to help me with a couple of dilemmas I'm having okay. as I'm ranking some of these players. So I think uh, that's what we'd spend tonight doing.
1: Yeah. Uh let me let me put my uh put my thinking cap on here and and let's go.
0: That just that reminded me of this. There's like a really stupid version of this Christmas uh, uh, of this Christmas song, and the guy says something about he's Canadian about putting his thinking toke on. I, is that like uh, what they say for a hat or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> this tonight's episode. This is bad. This is bad. Yeah, we got um, off the
1: rails quick. Uh, this is really bad. We're, we're like 15 in minutes in, in. Yeah. about shit. Um, <laughs> we, thought gonna gonna a, we thought
0: it was going to be.
1: We thought it was going to be a lighter show.
0: Yeah, I was like, Colin, we're, we're laying down the hammer. We're going to be done by X time tonight. No, we're not going to. Um, okay. So here's I, I have a couple questions for quarterbacks, a couple questions for running backs, a couple questions for wide receivers, Colin. Um, and they're just, you know, maybe maybe bunches of I you know I have four players back to back to back. I don't really know. They they're all kind of in the same bucket. Can you can you uh convince me of one over the other? Um maybe a, a decision between two players, or maybe there's just a specific guy that I, I I have no idea where I should put him uh for various reasons. So let's start with quarterback here, Colin. I picked let's out four. Uh, so I, for this one, and I'll, I'll say, because I rank, I rank campus to Canton rankings and I rank Debbie rankings at the website. Um, we also have uh, a CFF. So those are kind of our three uh, and, and recruiting rankings, um, yes. separate from uh, for, from all of this. Um, so so for my, my C2C stuff here, Colin, I'm looking at quarterbacks. I feel really good about like my first 15, 20 in the order I have them in. But it's really hard to kind of figure out where I should just put the guys that are quote-unquote CFF only. We talk about this right. every offseason. We'll talk about it. All offseason, some of our favorite guys that we've called, you know, CFF only with maybe some upside in the past guys like Jaron Hall. Uh, Jordan Travis was a big uh, one that we talked a lot about uh, last offseason. So I have four here tonight that I'm, I'm struggling to put together. They, they might have some upside further down the line, but uh, it, it's questionable at this stage. So the, the names I want to toss at you real quick here. Taylor Green, who was the quarterback at Boise State, uh, finished last year. Pretty strong once they replaced their offensive coordinator. Um, and, and got that offense humming again. They, they looked pretty good there down the stretch. We have Caden Salter, who's at Liberty. Obviously, the change to the coaching staff there, but I don't think f- from an offensive standpoint, it's necessarily a downgrade going from Hugh Freeze to Jamie Chadwell, who was at Coastal Carolina. Um, Salter was the starter last year when he wasn't healthy. I um, uh, was a bit banged up down the stretch. Uh, Donovan Smith has just transferred to Houston. He was formerly of Texas Tech. This seems like an offense that probably – uh, fits his skill set a little bit more. They don't have another guy on the roster. I think we're all presuming that Donovan Smith is the starter there, a big mobile guy that wants to push the ball down the field. And then I threw Hunter Deckers on here as well. And this isn't to make fun of Felix, um, although maybe we should. Um, no, uh, I, I never never count out Felix's quarterback uh, choices because um, he usually picks some good ones. But Hunter Deckers at Iowa State, did not have a good season last year, but Iowa State as a whole did not have a, a particularly good season last year. So uh, can he bounce back this year? Where, where should I be ranking these four guys?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad you you came to me with this. Appreciate that. We did discuss two of them last week. You did. But, you did. Mm-hmm, but um, we'll start here. Do you just go right down the list in order?
0: Yeah, let's start with Taylor Green. I mean, where, where should I have Taylor Green? Uh, I have Taylor Green in the 60s
1: um 64 sorry sorry that was was a habit i'm sorry (laughs) no it's okay i have him at 64 um i have him hovering around guys like jalen milrow carson beck um or his who he's sandwiched between right now and it's not necessarily a huge knock on taylor green i think he definitely shows some potential but he wasn't quite as good for fantasy purposes as we would like, honestly, uh, last year. Now, he did get a lot better progressively as the season went on, for sure. Um, especially because he didn't start the season as the starter. But he only averaged 18 po- fantasy points per game last week, which was um, was not that good. It was right up below like Carter Bradley from South Alabama. DJ Irons, Sean Clifford had more fantasy points than he did. Um, so he wasn't great. And I don't know at this point if I see much of an NFL future there. Um, I haven't really dove into Boise state tape or anything like that. So I don't want to definitively say that, but just from like watching some of the games, I don't know if I see an NFL future there at this point. So in the sixties, I think he'll be a solid CFF option for you this year. You know, he'll be a rotational QB two. You can put him in depending on matchup, especially once they get into some mountain West play, but uh, I'm not,
0: super high on tailing green. uh, Green's biggest issue for me is that he is not particularly accurate. Yeah. But he does have a lot of the other things. I mean, what do you think? You know, we call some of these guys CFF only, and we do give that, that that same qualifier that I did earlier, that, that maybe there's some, some uh, mid range, moderate Debbie upside further down the line. Um, But green is really a guy that I think is truly CFF only Uh, completed. Um, right around 60% of his passes last year. And he had multiple games where he was, uh, you know, not even close to 60%, um, including that, that, um, uh, the mountain West championship game, he completed 44% of his passes there against Fresno really struggled in that one. And that's one of the, the, the better teams that he played all year. Um, so uh, 586 rush yards is really where the value comes from here, you know, they, that's just, uh kind of was right now. I think six, seven hundred yards rushing next year probably feels appropriate, at least um as of today. Uh just because he's he's so much more athletic than a lot of guys in that conference. And he is he's like six, six, two twenty. Like he's he's yeah. a big dude. And he's really athletic. Uh I don't know that they have the receiving weapons to make his life a ton more a ton easier. And I believe new offensive coordinator in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I have him in the forties. Okay. Colin. Uh, I, I tend to get kind of aggressive with the CFF guys early in the off season, and then I'll, I'll, I'll fiddle around with them a little bit later. I Have them in the same range as Garrett Schrader, Tanner Mordecai, Brendan Armstrong, um, ah, okay, uh, Clay Millen. All those guys are within you know three, four, five spots of him. So interesting you have Clay Millen that high still. I dropped him a good <laughs> bit after last year. <laughs> to, you know, it, not on the sheet here, but let's we can talk a little bit of Clay Millen. If you guys are new listeners, again Clay Millen and the whole Colorado State offense, I was really. I was really bought in on last off season. Um, uh, Jay Norvell went over there or is it Jay or are they? Yeah, it's Jay. I think, yeah, there's so yeah, Jay Norvell was the head coach at, at, um, at Nevada when Carson strong and those guys were there. Very, very, very good offense. Uh went over to Colorado States uh, and they had a lot of fun weapons and they had Clay Millen, who I think is kind of, you know, Carson strong ish. Uh, but the offensive line was so bad that it really just torpedoed the entire offense. So I'm, Banking on that offensive line not possibly humanly being at worse than it was last year. I just don't know that that's, um, you know, I don't think it can be that bad again. So, that's I, I'm still sort of a believer in him. Like I, th- I think they okay. can kind of get it together again this year.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, yeah, I just I'm not quite as as high on Millen. I have Millen in like the the mid 70s, 73. Sure.
0: How many quarterbacks do you have ranked right now? Just curious. Uh, I have 103 in my 100, C2C rankings. 115. Okay. So we're 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 pretty close there. Yeah. I tried to really remove a lot of guys that I'm even like questionable on, and then I'll mm-hmm. add them back in as the offseason goes on, if it sounds like um something's gonna happen there for them. Um so um all right, so so there's Taylor and Green. Let's talk Salter, who I actually have a little bit higher, Colin. I have mm-hmm. him at 36. Oh, okay uh sorry no sorry 39 just because okay. he's so young mm-hmm. for anybody that doesn't know Caden salter backstory real quick former four-star recruit went went to tennessee mm-hmm. and was promptly kicked out of tennessee within his first two or three months on campus because he couldn't stay out of trouble it wasn't like he didn't kill anybody or anything but it was just like a bunch of drug offenses and stuff like the, the guy just they clearly told him i'd like don't do this again and then he did it again and right like, he, he was gone they, they they couldn't have that around so he went to liberty um, which is where all, all of the upstanding citizens seem to uh, <laughs> uh, head nowadays. Uh, and he looked really pretty solid last year when he got playing time. Um, So, I, I mean, where do you have Salter ranked? Do I have him too high there at 39? No, uh, I think that's almost perfect. I have him at 42. Ooh, um,
1: look at us agree. So, yeah, I, he's right. He's sandwiched between Joe Milton and Chandler Morris for me. So, I think Joe Milton and Chandler Morris are two guys who have a very high ceiling given the offenses that they play in, but they're two guys that I'm a little bit unsure of with their, uh, how, how firm their, their job is. You know, I think Joe Milton, uh, is two bad games away from just completely getting benched and that wouldn't be the most surprising thing at all for me. And Chandler Morris, they didn't brought in anybody for competition there for him, so I guess I guess it's his job, but I I I don't think he's particularly inspiring there. Caden Salter, though, is he's going to be having um, Jimmy Chadwell as the uh, head coach there. So I'm assuming he's going to run a very very similar system to what they ran at Coastal Carolina. So now I think we're kind of looking at Grayson McCall type numbers. Like I think that is a very reasonable expectation for Caden Salter uh for fantasy purposes and you know he's he's great Grayson McCall last year finishes the fantasy QB 24 and that was even a little bit of a down year from some of his you know from the year before so I think we could see Salter you can get like two years two three years of uh you know QB 24 type production from him I think that's pretty valuable I don't know if I see how much of an NFL future I see um He's he had he was he had potential when he came out when he went to Tennessee. He needed some development. Don't know if he's gotten that yet, but he definitely has the tools at least.
0: Yeah, sim- they'll play a similar schedule there at Liberty as as Coastal does. So it's not like um, it, it takes a ton of projection. You know, will, will this work in a higher conference or something like that? We don't really have to worry about that. Um, I don't think he'll be as efficient. Obviously, you know, uh, uh, Grace McCall has like all the efficiency records. Um, but I mean, a, a thousand yards rushing over his last three seasons, basically, um, b- between the three, uh, so average, you know, 350 ish yards, uh, per season only ever th- really averaged about 200 threw the ball, about 250 times per year as well, which is about what Salter was on pace for. He, he threw the ball over 25 times once last year. Um, so, I mean, I think this is a guy that again, similar to tailing green, probably not crazy high pass volume, but he will. I, I think he'll rush for a decent amount of yards. He had 284 yards uh, in like eight games last year. One of them, at least one of them, if not two of them, he left uh, early due to injury. So, um, and, and he had double digit carries four times and nine carries one other time. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it is a profile of a guy that I think at least for fantasy that you probably like, they do have like no one that I love at Liberty at wide receiver, but uh, it's not, bad either yeah i mean I'm given I'm the competition they'll
1: play too they don't
0: need yeah. to have a world beater losing Demario douglas hurts a little bit but they'll be all right yeah i i, th- I really think they'll be okay um so I, I salter's a guy that's really intriguing to me you know i'm i'm not uh really betting on debbie upside at this point he is pretty cff ish to me uh mm-hmm. about 6 190 ish is what he's currently listed at but he does have if he wants it uh Uh, three more years so uh if he never goes to the nfl or whatever honestly depending on how how well he's doing for fantasy you might be hoping that he doesn't go to the nfl uh until his eligibility is all up but uh yeah an interesting guy there and you said you i have him at 39 you said you have him where calling 42 or something like that yeah 42 cool perfect so we're we're right in the same range there uh let's see if we're in the same range here with donovan smith quarterback going to houston uh they're replacing clayton toon who had a pretty nice uh year last year really once the conference play started he yeah. he blew up there. Uh do you want me to tell you where I have Donovan Smith now or do you want to talk a little bit about him or um sure. Yeah, do? I'll talk about him. Uh um, okay, I you, have you, you him go ahead. Yeah, I have him as my QB twenty-eight right now. Um I have
1: Oh okay. Yeah. yeah QB QB twenty eight right now. I have him just ahead of Daquan Finn and just behind Lincoln Keinholtz Gunnar Stockton. Um, like right in that range. So,
0: very interesting rankings. I need to go look at your rankings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Donovan Smith, we talked about it last year. He has a lot of interesting tools, big arm, very mobile. Uh, he showed some flashes last year. He also struggled at times too. But going into Houston, Clayton Toon last year was the QB four uh, in points per game. You know, he was just behind Drake May, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, ahead of Frank Harris, Austin Reed. So he was way up there. And I obviously I, I don't expect those exact numbers from Donovan Smith, but Donovan Smith, I think can, it, it, that it is a fantasy offense there for, from Dana Holgerson in Houston. That is a, a good offense or an offense you want to target. So I think there's a lot of potential there for him. And he has at least two years of eligibility. Um, I'm not exactly sure where his red shirt came in, um, and
0: how that would work, but he has at least two years, so that helps a lot, too. Yeah, I think I think he actually and, only has two years, because his redshirt year would okay. have been um, COVID year, 2020, mm. so, you know, so that, that's way, all a wash, and then he's played nine and 12 games the past two years.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. so but Houston is moving into the Big 12 there, um, not this year, I believe the year after. I, so I believe his, that's correct. Yeah. His final year, he'll be in the Big 12. He'll be playing up some defenses, I think, He's the type of guy that, if he, I think he'll perform pretty well next year, you know he'll be a, a nice option for you fantasy purposes. And then he's going to be the guy everybody's talking about in twenty twenty four as their their new sleeper QB. Everybody's sleeping on Donovan uh, Donovan Smith. Um, and so I, that's my prediction right now is he's going to get some sleeper draft buzz. So I I'm pretty aggressive with Donovan Smith.
0: So I have him in the fifties. Hmm, okay. 56 or 55 uh similar range i have him with uh brady allen who we th- he could step up a purdue there a second year quarterback there uh, a couple of the freshmen pierce clarkson avery johnson and then will rogers at mississippi state who i've dropped pretty precipitously because i don't think that offense will be as productive as it was under mike leach there Here's my problem with Donovan Smith, and I, I think he's a pretty big sell if you can find somebody that likes him. He is, He's 6'5", 230, so similar to Taylor and Green there, like just a really big athletic guy. And I was fairly high on him just because I, I wanted to see what he could do. Um, he was actually, you know, f- from a completion percentage standpoint, actually fairly accurate last year, 66.1 uh, uh, completion percentage in that Zach Kittley, so essentially air raid-ish offense at Texas Tech. Uh, which is what you'd expect. I, I'd expect an, a, a good air raid quarterback to be hitting 70-plus. So, I mean, he, he's on the low end of, of acceptable within that that offense. His yards per attempt and in all those kind of stats were uh, not very good. My problem with him is that he is a really good athlete and he's really big, but he's never actually ran for that many yards. Like, he's not actually that effective of a runner. If you go and look at how he's done the past couple years, in 2021, two years ago, when it wasn't Kitley, it was, you know, kind of uh, a little bit of a different offense there. 56 carries, 155 yards. And then last year in 12 games, 76 carries for 116 yards. I know they take out some of the sacks and and stuff factor into that, but um, he's not been particularly dynamic. Like, for whatever reason, the athletic ability doesn't necessarily translate. Now, I know Houston is a good spot, Dana Holgerson is the head coach there. His quarterbacks have traditionally done very well for CFF purposes. So I, I, he's the kind of guy where I think if I can sell him as somebody who thinks he's going to be a CFF stud this year, I am hesitant to believe that even though, you know, in, in a lot of these CFF situations, you buy the the system, you buy the coach, you're not buying the player. I don't know that, that even though this offense fits what he was doing last year or fits him better than what he was doing last year. I'm not sure that it's, I, I'm not sure that it's a bet that I want to make. And I think if somebody values him in the twenties, like you do, like you said, you have him around Daquan Finn. Mm-hmm. I would, I would much rather have Daquan Finn. Like I, I, I have Finn like right around 20. I don't think it's that close between the two. Just, I, I think Finn will be much more productive. So that's, that's why I have him a little lower, but you're saying I should have him ranked a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I think so. And we were actually, we were talking about him today in the CFF um, channel in our Slack. And um, you know, there was a, a lot of talk about him being a fringe top 10 guy for CFF. Now I don't know where they ended up. Um, you know, I don't know where they'll end up ranking him like consensus, but there were definitely some fans of his uh, in, in there amongst our CFF team. So, which always makes me feel better about my takes on that. So, and there's also, there's like nobody that he's competing with. Like,
0: yeah, that, no, that is, I mean, the job is there. his, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I do think we know that, which is nice at least. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, so, uh, so of the I, I have him like I have Frank Harris two spots ahead of him. Frank okay. Harris, who was quarterback at UTSA, he's been there for forever. I thought he was done. I didn't realize he has another <laughs> year apparently. Yeah, <laughs> that he pulled out of his butt. Everyone gets a free year if they want it. Um, I have Harris two spots ahead of him just because Harris, but it's Harris's last year. But I think he'll be like I, I know what he's going to be this year. Mm-hmm. Smith's a little bit more of a wild card. I don't know. I mean. Uh, here's some other guys I have ahead of him. Colin, should I move him ahead of Tyler Van Dyke, who I have at 49?
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you think Tyler Van Dyke still has a mm-hmm. uh, nice Devi ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would absolutely move him ahead of him. I don't see Tyler Van Dyke putting up many fantasy relevant numbers this year. What about,
0: ja- what about Jackson Dart, who I have at 46?
1: Uh, I have Jackson Dart at 34. Um, so I have him behind Donovan Smith i still and we we talked about this a lot in the discord this week we have um, it's
0: it's it's going to be a topic all off season. we'll talk about this old miss mm-hmm. quarterback room and yeah and try to read the team
1: yeah i still think jackson dart is the most talented quarterback in that room he wasn't as bad as people think he was last year uh he, that bowl game against texas tech was terrible but other than that game there was only one other game where he threw more than one interception mm-hmm. um so, and, you know, that's kind of the thing with Dart is he's a gunslinger. Um So he's going to make some of those mistakes. He needs to get that reined in a little bit. I'm still a believer in him. So I would, st- but I do have Donovan Smith ranked a little bit ahead of him.
0: Fair enough. Um I, I think that one's close. Um, What about, I have Jacoby Criswell in there, actually. I know mm, Criswell probably won't play this year, but I still have him kind of ranked highly because I just think he's like a better player I, I i don't know i i was selfishly kind of hoping once uh arkansas's uh or once once bryles left for tcu maybe after spring i'm still hopeful maybe he takes kj jefferson with him and then i can i can have jefferson and then when i have chriswell stashed i can i can bring him up too i, I don't know um but uh i have chriswell at 79 yeah that's that's low maybe I, I might i might have him too high just based uh, yeah on, i just
1: I, yeah. I don't see him starting this year yeah and then he would only have what, like one more year after sure. this year, I think. Maybe two, because he's been he's I think he's three think he years out two. of school, so yeah. he might
0: have two. Might um, he?
1: I just think Arkansas was such a bad place for him to go. He could have gone somewhere else and been really
0: good, but Arkansas has a pretty established starter. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Um, and then Deckers is the last one here, and Deckers is actually the one that I have ranked the lowest. I have him at seventy six right now. And in that range, so did Holton Rollers graduate? He's the one guy that I have in my rankings, and I'm not yes, heard, Hol- I'm sure. Yes, Holton Allers okay. is – yeah, he's gone. Boom. Bye, Holton. Um, so then here are the other guys that I have around him. I have Chandler Morris, actually, in that range, because I still think TCU brings in a guy. I don't I don't want to buy him. I have uh, Tyler Buckner. I have uh, Walker Howard, Austin Novosad, Phil Jerkovic, all in that range. Jerkovic, I probably want to raise a little bit higher, but not that much. I, I don't know. So I mean, regardless, I, I have I have Decker's in the seventies. Is that too low or where do you have him? I also
1: have him in the seventies. I have him at seventy-four right now. Um I have him right there with Clay Millen and Cooper Legah from Utah State. Um
0: I del th- Legaw. He's one of those guys that I deleted out and figure mm-hmm. out as the goes on uh, if I want to bring him back in or not.
1: I, I think he has. I, I still like Utah State's offense um, under Blake Anderson. I still think that's a a good offensive target for fantasy, although they they did really struggle last year. Um, but I, I so I kind of go back and forth on that. I might drop Lega a little bit. I have Brett Gabbert and Jake Garcia hanging out right there with Deckers. So
0: I have Garcia in that range. I Gabbert's another one Garcia, that I, I deleted, and we'll see where he comes back in as the offseason goes on. Yeah, mostly off Garcia, Garcia just transfers through. Missouri.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not overly bullish on Deckers. I still have that bet with Felix that I feel still pretty good about that he won't be a QB2 for, uh, or no, it was top 50. He won't be a top, was it top 50? I got to remember, look back. I think it might have been top 50 um, QB for CFF, but that feels really low. Maybe it was a top that 50 does. draft I- pick. Maybe it's a top fifty NFL.
0: I remember that.
1: No, it was both. It was it was Uh, like CFF production and draft capital. I don't think he'll hit. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm sure Felix has it pinned, but not that he'll bring it up because it doesn't look great right now. Um, But I want to say it was like maybe a top fifty pick and
0: not a QB two or better for CFF purposes. That sounds
1: like it might be right.
0: So if you just went and looked at Hunter Decker's. uh, just you know, you go to SportsReference.com, which is where I end. I usually go uh, for uh, statistical information. That or like if I need to do a bunch of players all at the same time i can punch them all in on c2c and then i can bring up yeah. like a huge table but if i'm just looking for like a guy usually i'll just yeah. i just like go up to the search like the search bar and just hit 100 decker stats that's that's right exactly up. how i do it's, it. Too. it's if just I'm like looking, one less step yeah. so unless i'm doing a bunch of them all at once it did it just it's, yeah it's, it's like easier that yeah because
1: our site is really good for a bunch looking at a bunch of them comparing a bunch of them um, but sports reference is still really good yeah. for just, just individual for it gives you like a really strong overall picture yeah,
0: so – and it has game logs, which I don't think we have game I don't logs. Think, believe we do either. Um. So that, that sometimes is helpful. But Deckers last year threw for over 3,000 yards. He had 19 touchdowns on 14 interceptions, was a killer, completed 66% of his passes, Um. and then ran for 73 yards. So um, was not the rusher that I think we thought he could be. You know, I didn't think he'd be a 500, 600-yard guy, especially because you have to remember that college they – net sack yardage lost with yes. actual rush yardage. So so you have to keep that in mind. Um, but let's even assume that he lost, I don't know, 150 yards on sacks. I thought he was like a 250-yard rush kind of guy, 300 yards. Uh, he, he didn't get there. Um, mm. He loses his best weapon in Xavier Hutchinson. They do bring back some other guys there. So we'll see. Uh, is it Jalen Noel? Is that uh, the Noel it's on? Yeah, yeah. The, on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see who else can emerge there as a potential – uh, uh, leading receiver for him. I just don't know that I want to buy this offense enough to like, I don't know that they have that yeah. guy. You know, they, they don't have Brees Hall there anymore. I like Cartavius Norton, he's not Brees Hall. Um, I, I I just don't know that this offense is particularly viable at this moment. I mean, I, I I'm watching the San Francisco game right now, so now people can tell when we're recording this. I mean, Brock Purdy <laughs> was awful his last couple years at, at there, just awful, and mm-hmm. he just won uh, an NFL playoff game. So he won two. Oh yeah, they they won last week too. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying to do spoilers. No, it was because I'm stupid. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to say that he's a bad player. That I don't think he can do anything in the NFL, but I definitely think we just have witnessed a, a college offense hold actively hold a future NFL quarterback back. And now I'm wondering if Deckers is just suffering the same fate there.
1: Yeah. And it definitely could be, I mean, uh, Brock Purdy's performance maybe gives you a little bit of hope for Deckers, but I'm, I'm
0: still uh, still pretty low on him. Fair enough. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so you have, you have him where you said, what's your exact ranking for him? Uh, 71. And I'm,
1: tweaking guys here and there as i'm like looking at these right now okay moving a couple guys up moving a couple guys down um because like i still had walker howard too high uh because i didn't update it from when he went to lsu or from when he went to ole miss i was still thinking he was there's a chance he would go to tcu so i just dropped him a good bit um yeah i had uh i had ari patu for stanford and sam jackson probably a little bit too high i was probably projecting mm-hmm. them a little bit too much so i dropped them i have them in like the mid 80s now so i like I, it i had them up in like the like low six, like the high 60s 60, so like 68 69 ish so Go like ahead. i'm tweaking things as we're going
0: okay all right um uh, all right, so that, that covers those four, Colin. I do have one other quarterback question for you. I have these guys ranked 5th and 6th, right beside each Ooh. other okay, in okay. my 5th uh, and 6th or 6th and 7th. Let's see here. It is 6th sixth, sixth and 7th, sorry, in both Debbie ah, and, okay. and my c okay. rankings. I'm talking Dante Moore, the incoming freshman at UCLA, and Connor Wegman at Texas A&M you're only allowed to roster one of these players moving forward. You can't trade for them. You can't, you can't for the other one. You can't do anything else. You can only have one of them. Which one do you, would you rather have? So you said you have him at six and seven. I have him at six and
1: seven. I have him at six and eight.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And the guy you have in first is Dante Moore. Oh, okay. I have Dante okay. Moore at six. Um, you I Nick over Wegman. Uh No, I have club at 11. Oh, Who's, uh, and I dying? actually arch Manning. Oh, okay. So you're just too high on arch. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the name, it's the name. It's going to carry a lot of weight. Um, but no, I have Malachi Nelson at five, Dante Moore at six, Arch Manning at seven Wegman at eight, Ty Simpson at nine. Okay. Um, I actually just flipped Simpson and Wegman, um, recently because I'm S i <sighs> am I do feel like Milroe is going to get the first crack at it in spring. And if he, and Felix brought up a good point that he didn't look bad in spring last year, like he looked good, like that's a setting where Milroe thrives. So I could see a situation where this stays like 50, 50, like all the way in through fall. Um, for sure. But Dante Moore, I think is just a better quarterback. And we saw how good he looked at the all American bowl. I mean, he, ran that offense to perfection and he had a week to learn it. I think that speaks volumes and he's been a four-year starter and all he has done is is win. He's won two state championships. He's just commanded that offense really well. I I know there's like some, some game manager type talk from him, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think game manager sometimes gets a a miss. It gets a bad rep. I also think he's a game manager plus if you want to go that route. I think he offers a little bit more there. Um, he does offer a little bit with his legs, although he doesn't typically take off and run that much. But I just think even – I think Dante Moore is a little bit better of a quarterback. I think he's a better quarterback prospect coming out. We saw it for a year from Connor Wegman, but I'm just kind of betting on the
0: ceiling of Dante Moore here. But they are very close. I, um, You want to talk about a guy that just has it? I just think Dante Moore has it.
1: Yeah.
0: Like whatever it is. Uh he has like it. Joe Bur- Joe Burrow has it. Patrick Mahomes has it. Uh Bryce Josh Young. Allen has it. Uh Bryce Young. I-, I think Bryce Young has it too. And yeah, I think I think Dante Moore has it as well. I'm just really surprised that he and maybe I I, I don't I don't I don't know. I, I mean I know about his recruitment, but I don't like no know, know about his recruitment. Never really heard him linked with like an Alabama. Or yeah. an Ohio State, or uh, a Clemson, or or one of these, you know, kind of QB factories. So I am, I am, I mean, I think him going to UCLA is really, really interesting, and I think uh, he'll do well there. I, th- I think honestly, think he would do well anywhere. I think if you yeah. dropped him on Bowling Green's roster next year, within within uh, you know two years He'd or whatever, they, they'd be a pretty good, <laughs> yeah, team. like they'd they'd be a good offense. I just think he's he's that level of guy, and that, I actually, I think I'm trying to buy Wegman everywhere I can this offseason. And it sucks when I come on these shows and say this stuff because then uh, it makes it that much harder for me to buy him. Yes. But um, I, I I think he's a good player. I think that Texas A&M offense will be pretty interesting next year. Not like amazing, but it'll mm. be a step up from where it was last yeah, year for sure. So you have more at six and Wegman at seven? I have more at six and Wegman at seven. Yeah. Gotcha. And I've kind yeah. of been going back and forth, but I'm glad that you mostly confirmed that for me. Just yeah. one guy uh in the middle. I have arch 14th for the record. So, okay. Um, I have her. uh I have Nico 14. I have Nico 17th. Okay. All right. Um okay. So let, let's hit some running backs here Colin. Uh not as many names here to toss at you. I have I have two situations here that I want to ask you about. The first one is how should I rank Alton McCaskill running <laughs> back at Houston kind of I know we're we're talking Houston a lot tonight. Uh, a guy that I we really liked. We had him ranked pretty high coming out as a freshman. He had that really good freshman year. Uh, suffered the ACL injury last year in spring. Missed the entire season. They kind of pieced together a backfield that was actually fairly effective and, and kind of grew as the year went on. So I'm not sure that this job is solely his at this point. Um, I have him as my RB. Oh, where'd you go there, Mr. McCaskill. I have him as my RB18 and C2C. Ooh, it might okay. be a little high. Yeah. Um, some names I have right behind him. Justice Haynes, freshman at Alabama. Uh, uh, Jarquez Hunter at Auburn. Roman Hemby at Maryland. Uh, Mayan Williams, Ohio State. Damian Martinez, Oregon State. Trey Benson, Florida State are, are kind of the, the names I have right behind him. Uh, what do you think about where I have McCaskill? Uh, I think that's a little high.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, given that he's going to be coming back after missing a full year, and I don't think he has that backfield to himself, okay. I have Alton McCaskill at forty-one. Sure. Um, I have him sandwiched between Rashin Ali and Day Day Hunter. Um,
0: you have you have Ali and Hunter, and very I I have Ali at, at forty-two. I'm I'm looking for Hunter right now, but I have them in a similar spot. Okay. So that's funny.
1: Yeah, I have him sandwiched between those two guys, and I think Alton McCaskill offers. A better NFL future than either of those two, but both of those guys offer a significantly better CFF um, future, and both of those guys, I believe, have two years left.
0: Um, I'm not 100 positive on Day Day, but I think Day Day has two years. That sounds correct to me. Yes. Yeah. Just I with no think, research, uh, yeah. just off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I think both those guys have two years left, which helps.
0: Um, so
1: I, I do like Alton McCaskill. I had him much higher than this last year, uh, and I've dropped him a decent amount because um, I think I think I had him in the 20s last year. So I, I like him. I just need to see it from him. So I think 18
0: is a little aggressive. Um, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, I'm going to drop him as we're sitting here talking, but here I'm not going to drop him as far as you have him. But here's where I'm going to put him. Okay. So here's his new spot. 17 is Roderick Robinson, Justice Haynes, Kendall Milton, Jarquez Hunter, Roman Hemby, Dontavious Braswell, Mayan Williams, Damian Martinez, Trey Benson, Carson Steele, Ruben Owens, Alton McCaskill. Okay. That's where I've got him now. In, in, a, in a group with Byron Cardwell, Montreal Johnson, Man, uh, yeah, a bunch st- of other guys that I don't know what to do with. You still have Byron Cardwell up there really high. It, does he not... Does that backfield at Cal not worry you? Oh, it definitely does. Um, okay. I like the, the, not to get that deep into my running back rankings, but if you look at the group right behind him, it's like Jaquindon Jackson, Marshawn Lloyd, Cartavius Norton, Kavorian Barnes, uh, Rasheen Ali's in there, Javante Barnes. Like It's a bunch of guys that like we think could be good, but we don't really know. I'll probably just stick with the name. That's probably holds a little more value at this point. And then like, I usually, if I feel good about 30 to 40, my first 30 to 40, this point in the off season, and then I have like the appropriate buckets behind them. I, that that's kind of my goal in January. I I think I finally hit that point this weekend. Okay. Um, So, I mean, obviously there's some names that I still, I'm probably not correct on, but that that's usually my goal early in the off season. So, uh, I, th- I think I've achieved it at this point, but we'll see. I have,
1: uh, I have Cardwell at 74 and Jaden Ott at 70. I kind of want to see how that backfield shakes up before I move either of those guys up. One of those guys I think will move up, but I want to see how that shakes out. And Justin Williams Thomas is there
0: too. My, my problem is that they're all, I think, talented. Like I don't want to drop yeah. them too far and overreact because I think they're all still talented players. Uh, Justin Williams Thomas I have at 74, but the other I, I have Ott in the 40s. Um, I, I I don't want to. That's fair. Overreact because once I'm I'm moving these guys down, I'm I'm moving them past guys that I think only really have CFF value, which is fine. But I mean, like like I don't think Rodney Hammond at Pitt is going to be a NFL guy. He's he's a little on the size. where do you have him? I have Hammond at forty nine. Because I think okay. he just steps into Izzy's role and puts up yeah. 1,400 yards this year like that. I that, think
1: that's that, very fair. It. I have him at 60, and I almost kind of want to move him up a little bit. That's, I that's I think I might have some of these freshmen ranked maybe a little bit too aggressively. I don't know.
0: So I, I have, and I've, I've figured this out too, I think I, I've really like got my recruiting rankings, I think, locked in at this point. Um, the running back buckets for me are basically the top three. Baxter, uh, Roderick Robinson, Justice Haynes. And then there's a group of three or four behind them, uh, in no particular order. Uh, Dontavius Braswell is going to South Carolina. Uh, Keidrich Roscano, uh, who I've been talking about a lot lately, he's going to Ole Miss. He had a really good Polynesian Bowl uh, this past weekend. He'll be going there. Uh, and uh, Ruben Owens is the other one in there. I have those three. And then after that, it's like it's it's Richard Young who's going to Bama. Cam Selden, who I I'm souring on a little bit. Uh, We're keeping him at running back. We actually we're talking we're talking about <laughs> it in the Slack right now. Um It's so tough because I think if he's a running back, he's a lot higher for me. I, we technically ranked receiver. Emmanuel Henderson as running back all last off season. Like I so I, I if if we did it for Emmanuel Henderson where we left him at running back, then I think we actually have to list Selden as a wide receiver. Like I think I think to to stay true to like that determination, like we just said, like, okay, what's the school calling him? yeah yeah they're calling him true. a running back when he first got on campus and, and now I think they're calling him a wide receiver yeah, so we shifted tough. him this off season, but i think Seldon is doing the opposite thing where he's there and he's yeah. a wide receiver now we'll see if he stays there yeah but it's really um, disappointing yeah so uh, he's a guy like I. he's dropping like a stone for me i've had a couple of other running backs drop but um yeah like so th- that's kind of how i've so the buckets, like they're kind of all like in like a block together, like mm-hmm. every like twenty spots in my rankings, essentially. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's and there's a lot more running backs in there. I'm not even going to ask you today about like Raymond Davis or Andrew Paul. <laughs> I tell you, I don't have Raymond Davis at 19 or wherever it was that Matt had him. I he
1: said that I almost like drove <laughs> my car into a ditch. I was driving. I have, have Raymon Davis at 40. I, I, I have him at 48. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's very a reasonable, reasonable range. Yeah. 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 Um, I still have yeah. eight Andrew Paul, Jaden Blue at 34 and
0: 35. Yeah. That's um, not a bad spot. I have Paul st- at 43. So okay. yeah. I'm still holding out hope for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very difficult time of the offseason. Yeah. Just to it is. everyone. It. No, I it think it really is. I think, um, and Matt, and I talked a little bit about this on Debbie Debate last week. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's what I was referencing for anybody who hasn't listened to that about me not having him at 19. Not, not to complain about i we i obviously wouldn't do this if i didn't really enjoy doing it and i think we're doing a good job this time of the year it is like virtually impossible to do some yeah, of these rankings there's so and much get, going on you get a lot of people that are that are happy just to hear the discussion and then you get like a handful of people that are like dicks about it yeah um so thank you to the people that are um <laughs> kinder about it as we kind of feed you know why do you have this guy at 100 realistically there's 40 players in a row that could go in any given order. And I'm waiting to hear spring news. Like that's the best yeah. answer I can give you. So, yeah. um, it doesn't help just, if you're doing a startup right now, you just have to take some gambles. Um, and just to, just as a heads up, like, unless you're an ex- really experienced player, you should not be doing a startup right now. I would no. never do a startup in January. No. I just would never do it. It's yeah. there's way too many question marks in, right. in terms of like the college side of things. So, right. Um, that's not something I would do. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't recommend yeah. it. Yeah, we are we are collecting ADP data and we'll start having mm-hmm. it for people that want it. Um probably at the beginning of the month again we'll ha- we'll have all the January data and then we'll we'll build it from there. Um PJ doing a good job with that already. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm in a mock yeah. right now. I love
1: my mock that I'm doing right now. Uh not to not to get too far off on a tangent, but I have um Caleb Williams, Arch Manning, Ty Simpson, Kyle McCord at my quarterbacks.
0: I hate that. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm excited oh, for it. You just spit in the face of my zero quarterback strategy yeah,
1: call. I absolutely did. Jace McClellan is my one of my running backs. EJ Smith.
0: This is the team that looks really cool in January. And this is why Jaylen I say McMillan. don't do this because by the time that like <laughs> like June rolls around, you're like, wow, like this team sucks. Like, what was I thinking? And that sounds like one of those squads that's like the January winner. Um yeah. and you get there and just not. Jerion Dickey. That. I, I've definitely built teams like that in the past. I'm like, wow, this team is so good, and it's like, this dude transferred. This dude like actually isn't any good. Like he's third string. <laughs> it's just like, a, yeah, um, very possible. Um, just, all right, my other running back question for you, Colin. The Ohio State backfield. I have all these guys ranked. I, 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 there's four running backs essentially on the roster. Um, the lowest rated I have is Evan Pryor, who's at 68. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming back from a knee injury, that might be a little aggressive. He's probably a, a contender, depending on how that that backfield shakes out. That I drop here over the next couple weeks. Uh, but I also have Dallin Hayden, Travion Henderson, and Mayan Williams. Um, Dallin Hayden's at 60. Um, uh, tra- uh, uh, Mayan's in the low 20s, I believe, 23, and then Travion. I still have Travion one. I still think healthy Travion. I, I'm going to see it next year and he'll be really good and good to go. Um, but I, I mean, I have all those guys ranked really highly. They can't all four get touches. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'm lowest on Evan Pryor as well.
1: I have him at 78. I, I honestly hope he transfers because if he does transfer somewhere else, I think he's really good. Um, and he could even take like a half a step down. He could transfer He could transfer to TCU and he would skyrocket in my rankings because um, I really like him, even coming back from that injury. Um, so I have him at 78. That's a little bit more of a hedge though, honestly. And then... Um, I am with you as well. I do still have Travion at one. Still think he's the best back uh in college football right now. He was banged up, he had that foot injury, he kind of dealt with it all year. But when he's healthy, I think he's really, really good. And then the other two that you mentioned, Dallin Hayden, Mayan Williams, I have those guys ranked really close to each other. I have Dallin Hayden at twenty six. Uh I just that, think
0: that feels aggressive, but I get it. Talent. You just kind of yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I think once Travion goes, I do think Dallin Hayden is going to be the next guy up there. Um, so it does feel a little bit aggressive. And then I have mine Williams at uh, 30, just behind Ruben Owens, just ahead of uh, Ashton Ginty. Um, I like mine Williams. I think he showed that he can be a solid running back this year. And I think the NFL will like him, too. But. I worry he's just kind of li- a little bit limited as like a, a two down banger. Um, I don't know what his like three thir- th- um, three down potential is there. So he's a, you're gonna make fun of me, but he's a guy who has day two draft capital potential. Me make fun of you? Come on, <laughs> you know me better. So that's why he's at thirty. But uh, I feel a little bit less good about him than I do Dallin Hayden. Um, okay. So there and we Dallin go. And down
0: Hayden, maybe a little bit over a correction from last year. Cause I had him way too low. I, I think it is personally, but I get it. Um, Where did you say you had him? I just bumped him up from 60 to 48. Colin. I now have him right behind, uh, Cartavious Norton, Amari and Hampton, Kavorian. Barnes. Oh, wow. You have Cartavius Norton that low. Well, I have him at 28. I think it's, I, I don't know what that offense is going to be this year. That's fair. So um, that's fair. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, wide receiver Colin, I have just one group of players, six, six wide receivers, literally have them all back to back in my wide receiver (laughs) rankings. And I didn't realize this until, uh, the other day. And so I, uh, I went to Twitter and just asked what everybody thought and I got some interesting responses. Uh, was the question I said, I I said, rank these five, but then I, I was looking at it today and I realized that I actually had a sixth guy in there. So rank these six. Uh, wide receiver prospects, prototypical size, like all kind of similar profiles, although you know varying levels uh, of athlete here. So here are the six: Chris Marshall, who just transferred into Ole Miss; J. Michael Sturdevant, transferring into UCLA here; Keon Coleman, who's at Michigan State; um, Dane Key, just finished his freshman season at Kentucky; uh, Ad Mitchell, who uh, is going to Texas. He he left Georgia this offseason. He's going to be there, and the Devontae Walker who is uh, f- uh, formerly of Kent State transferred to UNC so all at pretty big schools all I, I don't think any of them are bad athletes like I said you know Walker is an, an uber athlete and Chris Marshall probably uh, gets close to that category as well um, uh, Survant and Coleman obviously no slouches either uh, what do you think of these six like how, how am I, how, how should I kind of go go about uh, figuring these six out Yeah I have all these guys ranked pretty closely too. Uh, the top about, guy. About what like range do you have them in? too, by the way, because I have them from like yeah. twenty nine to, to thirty five or whatever. Okay, I have um, Chris Marshall
1: at twenty two. Okay, um, which that's a little bit more on potential because like you said I, th- I think he's a really good athlete. Uh, he just kind of needed to figure out the technical side of the position. It was really good to see him get on the field there, at Texas A and M this year as a freshman and and do some things before kind of getting dismissed from the team. I think Ole Miss is a great landing spot for him because they don't really have a number one wide receiver. So I think he can step in and be that number one wide receiver for them right off the bat. So I have him at 22. Devontae's Walker, I have at 23. Again, uber athlete, like you were saying. Uh, And he transfers up to North Carolina, but I think think he's a good enough wide receiver that he will be their wide receiver one this year. And a wide receiver one tied to Drake May, I think is going to have a really nice year production-wise even if that offense as a whole takes a little bit of a step back um i don't think devontez walker is going to put up josh downs numbers but i think he will very clearly be the lead wide receiver there and i think it's really going to bode well for his draft capital too um i have ad mitchell at 25 i think that bump to uh, texas is going to be nice i think he has the opportunity.
0: We, we said the same thing about Jermaine Burton last year, who also left Georgia for greener pastures. So uh, that's true. You, where did you have Burton last offseason, Colin? I had Four? him as a wide receiver three. three. Okay, okay. Yeah. So just just to make sure we're all we're all. Following yeah, there. so
1: I'm I'm hedging a little bit more. I have AD Mitchell at 25, but I think that AD Mitchell is actually going to have an opportunity to have. Maybe he won't lead Texas and wide res, in the in receiving production there, but I think he'll be a heavy presence in that wide receiver room. And that's going to bode well for his NFL draft capital as well. Um, so I have him at 25.
0: Uh, did you say Elijah Badger? No. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. So Marshall, uh, you you just talked about Marshall and A. Marshall did Walker. you say Walker Mitchell. too? Okay, yeah. So then J. Michael Sturdivant, Keon St- Coleman, and Dane okay. Key are my other three here.
1: Okay. Uh, Sturdivant, I have at 31. Okay. Um, I think that that. I also have him at 31. Which, that's nice. funny. I think the movie UCLA is really good for him. I think that, that he will be paired with a good quarterback this year. He should be the lead wide receiver there for them this year. And Jake Bobo, who is a much, who's not nearly as talented of a wide receiver as Sturdivant, had a pretty productive CFF year for them. And I think he's the type of guy that the NFL is going to like too. Um, so I have him at 31. Uh, Keon Coleman I have at 40. have him a little bit lower. I'm a little bit concerned about Michigan State's offense. They took a pretty significant step back last year. I think they will be a little bit better this year, but I'm not a hundred percent bought into it, but I do think he's a a talented wide receiver. So I think he has some good Debbie potential there as well. And then Dane key. I have a 42. Um, I like Dane key, but I think he's a little bit limited in terms of a receiver. I think at this point, he's still just kind of like a field stretcher. Uh, I don't think he's really refined in the like intermediate area. Uh, of the field or, or even really in the short area. So he's going to have to work on that. Um, and he's the second best wide receiver on Kentucky. So, you know, uh, but I, I, he's, you know, he's big prototypical size. He's fast.
0: So you kind of have to keep him around the forties. Um, Fair enough. You, you have them all, you know, I don't know, no, no, uh, no ridiculous ones there. Uh, Thank in you. In terms of rating. Thank you. That you might have- be the best compliment you've given me. I, I do ask, I want to ask you about one more player here, Colin. Mm-hmm. Where do you have um, Julian Fleming right now? Ah, oh, man. And for the record, I, this is, like, I'm not asking this because I'm going to sneak yeah. after you talk, be like, because no. I'm actually really high on Julian Fleming. Yeah. I have Julian at 76 because I think he's going to get snaps. Okay. So he can't stay healthy. I'm not sure how good he actually mm-hmm. is at playing wide receiver, but yeah, you know, a potential starting wide receiver at Ohio State. I don't think mm-hmm. you can uh, 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 crush him too much for that.
1: No, I agree with that. He, he climbed my draft board or he climbed my rankings from last year where last year I was like, this guy's pretty much untouchable because I didn't think he was going to see the field at all. Now we saw a J it took a JSN injury um, for him to really get on the field because I think I Buka and Harrison jr. are Just infinitely more talented than he is. Um, but I have Julian Fleming at 65 and mostly wow, okay. for the reason that you said where he just, he's a starting wide receiver at Ohio state. He is athletic. He has good size. So he checks a lot of those boxes. I just don't think he's all that talented of a receiver and the injury history.
0: Uh fair enough. Fair enough. Um yeah, I I, I don't uh, I don't think you're you're too off base there with any of those guys. Um and those guys are toward the bottom of where I feel comfortable with my wide receiver rankings. My wide receiver 40 is Kevin Coleman, who's headed to Louisville. And that's okay. kind of like the cutoff where I'm like, I, feel I have really, him at like, 33, at so a little okay. bit higher. But. Yeah, we're 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 in the same range there. Um, so uh, then a lot of freshmen kind of behind him, and then some same I mean, Jaleel <laughs> Farouk's in there. Like, is Jaleel Farouk good? I don't know. Oh, Tori okay. Horton's in that range. Yeah, like, I have
1: I have Farouk uh, a good bit higher. I actually have Farouk as my
0: wide receiver 27. Interesting. Interesting. 26. I'm sorry. So here's here's my problem with Farouk, and I know Nate Marquise listens to all these shows. One of our CFF guys, and a guy that's been playing CFF and, and kind of talking about CFF for a really long time. So, and he he generally listens to the show, although usually a couple days after it, it launches, like Thursday, Friday, I usually hear from him. Be interested to hear what he thinks about our opinions on Farouk. I don't think Farouk's a bad player, and actually, Farouk was a guy that I highlighted as like a forty-fifth round kind of guy when he was a freshman. My like I'm not sure that he's good enough to just like for me to have the mindset all off season that he is the wide receiver one at Oklahoma. Okay. Like I'm not convinced that he doesn't just get Wally pipped as the season goes on and somebody steps up and kind of outproduces him. I'm not he's not gonna get benched or anything. I just don't know that he's like, you know, leading man at OU in Jeff Levy's offense mm-hmm. material. I just, I don't know. I like, I could see him having, you know, 900 yards and six touchdowns. Is that a guy that like, that's a good player. I don't know that that like where the, in, in, you know, how mm-hmm. I look at these things, you know, and I'm trying to weigh, you know, that's does a freshman have NFL potential. Like who's going to produce this year. Like, I don't know that he, he falls necessarily into a category that I like want to really, really be aggressive with his ranking.
1: Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Do you want to grade a trade that I made on air or do you want to do that off air?
0: Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it on air here. I'm going to say that it was awful for you no matter (laughs) what you say here. Yeah. Even if it's like a steal, I'm going to be like, it sucks. It's it's definitely not a steal.
1: And it's in the program where I don't care at all really about the NFL side right now. Um, You won your ship. I won my ship and I was just kind of packing it in, moving on and focusing on the college side, kind of flipping that around. Um, I traded... Jordan Addison and Trey Palmer. I got back Antonio Williams, Julio Farouk, and a supplemental first. And supplemental first in the program league is heavily depleted because of the way that we do freshmen.
0: I don't love that. I don't hate it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Didn't we talk about Jordan Addison versus Antonio Williams? We did. We did last week, and I said I, I we preferred both, Addison. We both.
1: We both preferred Addison. Yeah, I. I it's the other pieces that I like uh, that that set Can you repeat
0: the me. trade one more time for me?
1: Yeah, I gave up Jordan Addison and Trey Palmer, and I got Antonio Williams, Jaleel Farouk, and a supplemental first.
0: Yeah, I guess I just don't rate Farouk highly enough, and the first, some some years those firsts it's are the, fairly valuable. What it is number two, one or take?
1: Ah, that's air? a good question. I don't know at this point, at... honestly. Okay. I haven't looked closely enough yet,
0: but I am confident that I'll get somebody there at the 102. I got Tillman at the 103 last year. So there are definitely dudes out there. Yeah. Uh, occasionally. Everybody everybody burned their pickups early in the year and Tillman wasn't doing yeah. anything. And then he yeah. broke out. And... There's a couple yeah, there's a couple guys like that that'll be, that'll be available that I know of. Is Devontae Walker available on your grouping of the I, program? I'm not a hundred
1: percent sure. I want to say no, but I really hope he is. I think he
0: is in ours because like one person had a waiver pickup late in the season. I tried to like trade for it. Like, as in like, yeah, let's negotiate this. And then you go pick up this guy and then we complete the Mm -hmm. trade. Um, and they ended up, I didn't, they weren't really, they weren't really CFF contenders, but they, they were like, Oh, we need a tight end for this week to make the playoffs. And I was like, what doesn't, that doesn't compute to me. (laughs) Cause I didn't, they, they were not a contender. They didn't make it very Mm far. Um, but, uh, you know, shoot your shot, I guess. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't like that trade for you, to be honest. I don't think it's like a, a ripoff mm. or anything. I just, I don't know that Farouk is a mega producer next year. And I like that now we're just talking about a totally different player. But this is yeah. the, the fun part about this yeah. show sometimes. Yeah. Um. I I think I like Trey
1: Palmer, but I don't think he's ever anything more than like a complimentary piece and you'd a be happy Dawkins. to have him as a
0: flex option now and then yeah and then.
1: exactly exactly so uh while i was really high on trey palmer and i liked him a lot last year and he did perform really well and i do still like him um i'm not going to overinflate his value just because i was right that he was going to have a good year you know and i do think he probably he, he's a very fringe day two guy i think he'll ultimately go in like the beginning of the fourth round of the nfl draft but he could blow up at the senior bowl potentially um so that's kind of where it ended up for me but i like it for me because i'm i'm a lot closer on the on the college side
0: one other guy i want to ask you about real quick colin uh aaron anderson Uh, who just transferred out of Alabama to LSU. Yeah, he was, he was a four star, but I believe he was the highest four star in the composite. Like he was, he was right on the borderline was Mm. injured for most of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Moxley. If you're listening to this, uh, I won that charity bet. You still need to pay up. I'll send you the charity that I like this week. When you, when you respond, Um, (laughs) I bet that Anderson would be a, a zero and, uh, uh, he did not think so.
1: Um, I didn't think he would either because I thought he would get there through um,
0: through special teams. So, here, so here's actually the little secret about this. It's really rare for a guy just to do it on special teams. Usually That's, the special teams because uh, like the thing about the year one zero is like there's eight categories for anybody not familiar with it. It's basically this this these thresholds that we look at for bare minimum production for true freshman wide receivers. We use it basically to say like if you're you know, these kids are ready when they come into school now. So they, they should be able to do some sort of minimum uh, contribution, like ten catches, hundred yards, fifteen rush yards. Like the, the thresholds aren't that high. Um, but if you hit more than like four or more of them, the like you 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 increase your odds of hitting for 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 Debbie purposes moving forward. Um, and it's you it's good for that yeah. for like finding the guys that like are especially you know within the year one non sample or, or non zero sampler are more likely to hit. Uh, it tends to separate those guys out. But it's really rare that like a, a guy that's actually good. Uh, yeah. just hit just hits the kick punt return thresholds and then uh moves that's fair. On. So that's fair yeah yeah just as um, a, i have an
1: interesting aaron, tidbit. i have aaron anderson as wide receiver 88 okay right now. um i still think there's definitely some potential there for him and i i don't think lsu has another wide receiver on the roster that has that same skill set
0: yeah which is which why helps. i'm don't know what to do with yeah him. they don't have a slot guy do they beyond him? not that i know of no where do you have? Uh, where do you have Malik Neighbors? Not to go too far off on a tangent. So just to finish this up, I have Anderson at fifty-two because ah, I don't. Okay. I think he could start in the slot for them. I don't know if they have another slot guy as unless they put Neighbors in the slot and then like Shelton Sampson or one of these other big freshmen that they have coming in
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, ends up kind of taking over uh, the other boundary slot. There, I, mm-hmm. I I really don't know exactly how their their wide receivers, starting wide receivers, are going to shake out. I so when I posted last week I I had three straight days where I said you know here are my top 15 uh, running mm-hmm. backs here are my here are my top 15 uh quarterbacks wide receivers I had neighbors at nineteen and everyone kind of well uh, that was the the comment I got the most was was why is too neighbor's low neighbors not here. Yeah. So I have bumped him up to 14. Mm. Um but I can't he feels like he's gonna be a really good complimentary guy in the NFL. Like ceiling is like Not necessarily comping them from a skill set standpoint, but like Robert Woods ish, who had a very, who's had a very good career, but like I believe he was a fringe wide receiver one. But it wasn't like you know the top couple guys, and then there's like a golf, and then the bottom end wide receiver ones are kind of interchangeable with with a decent chunk of the wide receiver twos. That kind of feels like his ceiling. Like I I don't know that I see a lead upside there. The guys that I have him behind to give you an idea, like Adam Randall, Brandon Ennis, Matthew Golden, Zachariah Branch. Um, uh, Xavier Worthy, Evan Stewart, Antonio Williams, and Brown, Travis Hunter I actually have in there because he just has the lead upside if he wants to play wide receiver for whatever reason. Um, So I I just don't know that he has the upside that those guys have. But I think he's a good player. And he's another guy that hit like six uh, year one zero threshold. So he has a lot of kind of uh, uh, markers that I like to look at from an analytics standpoint uh, in his favor too. Gotcha.
1: I have him as wide receiver 10. Um, I have him... Behind the the group of the top four freshmen who I like a lot, the incoming freshmen: Say Cook, Makai Lemon, um, Zachariah Branch, Brandon Ennis. Um, and I have him just ahead of Xavier Worthy, Barry and Brown, Adam Randall. Yeah, I just think all those guys have have higher upside. You know, mm-hmm. but, I think that's uh, fair. I think that's definitely fair. Um, it's 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 a it, 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 we're not too far off on our rankings yeah. there on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But I was curious about that a top 10. I, when I put him in a top 10, I was like, man, that feels a little bit high, but I thought he looked really good last year. I think he's going to close the again season. This year. Yeah. yeah. I he think really he's going to look again, good again this year without like Keishan Bute will not be there at all. I mean, he was still there. He didn't do a ton, but Keishan Bute had some decent games. Um, so he's going to be
0: like the guy. So, yeah. and I think the, I think the NFL will like him, but what, my, my final word I want to toss in here real quick, uh, just a claim that I'm going to make at this point in the off season, uh, because once we get to the end of next season, I think people will have forgotten that I made it if I'm wrong, but if I'm right, <laughs> damn, <laughs> man, I'm going to be pointing it out on that drum. Yeah. So I, th- Wisconsin's going to have a much better offense next year. Just, you know, they bring in Phil Longo at offensive coordinator. They bring in uh, an actual quarterback, um, Uh, from smb there tanner mordecai thank you and they bring
1: in nick evers too who i like
0: yes so you know if if something happens to mordecai i think evers can step in and play okay too and then they they actually had some wide receiver talent on the team last year like no one great but dk Mm -hmm. um, uh, skylar bell and then they bring in cj williams who was a true freshman last year at usc a top uh 10 guy in the class uh according to the composite i believe uh i'm i'm going to call it now that i actually think skylar bell is their leading receiver i think cj williams will not lead that room um williams like they had all sorts of wide receiver issues at usc last year and cj williams just straight up was not even playing like couldn't even barely get snaps and he's a slot guy like i i i don't know so i i i don't uh i I think that skylar bell leaves that receiver room next year and i think he gets like 70-ish catches like 70 for 950 and six feels like his range five um i i think he's he's the lead guy there maybe maybe a little less than that 60 for 850 and, and four or five i think that's the range he falls in
1: okay yeah uh, i i don't really know what to do with that wide receiver room right now in wisconsin they have uh it, they're just it's completely different staff completely different wide res, uh or completely different quarterback just there's so much different there then I'm gonna need to see it in spring till I to figure out who uh, I like the best in that room. I have CJ Williams ranked the highest. I have him at uh, I have him at 80, um, just behind Andre Green Jr. Um, and just ahead of Derwin Burgess Jr. at Georgia Southern. Um, but I have Skylar Bell and Kamara DK at 120 and 121. Um, I just kind of need to see figured out in spring that's definitely a very volatile spot
0: i, I don't have d k ranked uh might be an oversight, but he's a guy that i'll i'll toss in there if I hear spring news. I have bell at uh one oh four and i have c j williams at uh one ten so not that yeah. much further behind but i i do anticipate over the next couple of weeks Bell a guy that every time i kind of go in and poke around he raises you know two or three spots in my rankings i mean just some of the guys that i have right ahead of him, Gary Bryant, jr. Uh, Brian Thomas, jr. At LSU, Christian Leary, who's now at Georgia tech by way of Penn state. I have Keandre Lambert right there with him. Cause I'm not sure. Was Cephas and, and some of those other guys exactly. Christian Leary was in. A, Alabama. He's a Georgia tech. Now you said by way of Penn state. Sorry. Sorry. I was looking at Lambert already. Yeah. By yeah, way of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, I mean, you're that's, welcome. that's the range I have him in. Um, okay. So, but, uh, but yeah. Um, well, if no other, uh, no other input there, Colin. Thank you for your help tonight. I know oh, no um, problem. I know I can always count on you to uh, to help me out. Uh, not the sentiment's not, tr- 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 yeah, not, not no. reversible. So don't uh, don't don't come ask me for help. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I know better than that. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for tonight's show. Check out all of the shows that we have over on the C2C podcast feed. Uh, Chasing the Natty, our CFF. Centered college fantasy centered show hosted by uh, Jared Palmgren and then uh, kind of a rotating uh, group of, of uh, uh, co-hosts in the off season. He they, that drops every Monday. This show, Campus Life, will drop Tuesday mornings. Uh, we have uh, Wednesdays back to Debbie. Thursdays are Debbie debate. Fridays Canton Bounds. Uh, we are going to have the daily draft report starting here. Uh, I, I, I think tomorrow. it's this week. Yeah, I think it's so uh, the first episodes of that. Uh, start dropping, check in with that. It's a really cool show that Dwight uh, Peebles does with us, uh, different guest every show, 10 to 15 minutes, and they discuss uh, one prospect uh, rookie, upcoming rookie uh, in the NFL draft. Uh, there will be some other floating shows throughout the off season, guys. I know we have the future freshman pod that'll be back looking at some of these freshmen from a, a college fantasy uh, dynasty perspective. Um, so lots of good things planned here. Uh, we will see you guys later this week for Canton bound as always until then I am Austin and this is Colin. Have a good one.